Welcome to MandoCast, Star Wars Reports podcast for discussing the latest episode of The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. I am your host, Michael Morse, and with me this week is Mark Herleman. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Good to be here. Excited day. Great episode to talk about. I'm so stoked right now. <laughs> I, I hear you, man. Like I said, I, uh, I said this off air, but I'll, I'll say it again. I... Uh, paused for a moment while i was watching it with my wife and i was like this is a really good episode uh, episode for mark to be on (laughs) (laughs) lots of lore in this oh man so many questions that i've been like simmering and brewing on and and things of that nature i mean especially after the last reveal two episodes ago where i was just like oh man how is this gonna play out you know the whole the whole Mandalorian clang that this is the way that you got to keep your helmet on sabine everybody else in Mandalorian culture like, are we ever going to get the answers? And oh my God, talk about a plot drop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got answers for days. Well, I, I know you've kind of had, you know, they've been torturing you for like, what, going on over 10 years now um, <laughs> with Mandalorian stuff where you're like, wait, what? None of this is <laughs> like, right. I, I know my I know my legends and this isn't here. Well, at the time you would have said uh, uh, the expanded universe, but you know, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> Be like, okay, there's a retcon. I remember, you know, they they messed with the Mandalorian history so often mm-hmm. that it was it was their aspect of how it was changing, and and Boba Fett especially. That I was like, there's always going to be a retcon. They'll fix everything with a retcon. The retcon is your friend. And I truly, for the longest time, I was in that camp of like, it's okay. They'll have this really cool retcon. It'll make everything make sense eventually. And for the most part. They pretty much did, but there were some things where you're like, ooh, that's going to be really hard to retcon away. <laughs> but man, did they come full circle on that whole theme and idea of of different sects, different clans all doing their own thing, which was kind of how they kind of worked in Cal Scarada's group from Legends mm-hmm. when the Clone Wars came out and it was doing its Legends things. And it was like, well, this ain't jiving. This don't line up. The only way we can make this work is if they're their own little offshoot like the Death Watch. Okay, boom, problem solved. <laughs> right. Right. So, uh, so this one opens up, of course, we're talking about, um, see, I said chapter, this is chapter 11, right? I, I have 10. I, I believe, is it 11 yeah. or 13? No, it's 11. Yeah. I, I wrote 10 <laughs> on Eric's. here and boo, let me fix that real quick and we're done. Um, uh, yeah, I wrote 11 in my notes or 10, but I meant to write 11. There we go. Caught up. So yeah, uh, it's uh chapter 11, the heiress. And uh, it was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, yeah, and it's like from the beginning, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Like, I, I know where this is going. <laughs> right. I was a little trepidatious. At first. I had no idea what we were getting in this episode. Like, I didn't right. see any previews or anything. And the last episode, like, like when you asked, you know, like, are you going to, hey, you want to come on, man? Okay, so I was like, which episode are we talking about? Because <laughs> I'm like, if it was the last one, I don't think I'd be on, be a good idea to bring me on. My energy for that episode wasn't quite as good. Uh, so I was like, where are we going after that? You know, the ship's all beat up and stuff. But that opening, man, when you see over the planet Trask or whatever planet the city Trask was on, I wasn't quite sure how that worked out. But that opening of the planet over the planet as the ship comes drifting in, there were so many great visuals in this. Like when the ship starts coming down through the atmosphere, totally reminded me of Serenity from Firefly. I mean, there was You just know what? I had, so That's so funny moments. you said that. I, I thought the exact same thing, but I was like, no, nah, I'm stupid. I won't bring it up. But I'm glad you said it. <laughs> I will go there, sir. I will go there. I, thought, yeah, I was uh, like, eh, nah, that's probably... 
probably a weird thing, but I, I don't know what it was, but I got that same vibe, dude. Yep. I, I The first time I, I, I watched this three times, right? First time I watched it, I paused the ever-living crap out of it to take notes because I, I wanted immediate. These are my thoughts. And, and I'll be honest, there were two words that came up a lot. One were S-bombs and the other ones were F-bombs. <laughs> you know? And they were all in the, in the best of ways. I was so excited as this episode progressed. And Do you watch again, with I, subtitles on? I, I did. I yes. did. And that, you have that's where the to. tears started. Yeah. I didn't realize when we get an introduction to one of the characters who that character was, but I had a sneaking suspicion. And the second that character spoke, it said that and I just tears started streaming because I was just like, oh, my God, we're going there. And that to me was probably one of the most greatest things about this episode was they went there time mm-hmm. and time again for me. I, I mean, there have been people I've been chatting to about this online that didn't like where the direction of some of this went. But for me, dude, this was my jam, man. This All is right. up there with us getting new legend story content for me. This is how exciting I, I am in this episode and, and where it puts my mind in the fandom. Like this is as good as it gets, man. Golden age of star Wars telling right here. Right. Now, okay, so you you were talking about you said Trask. Um, now, do you know if was Trask supposed to be the city or the, the planet or that? I don't. I, I couldn't catch anything that said whether or not it was more than the city. I'm assuming it's the city, but at the same time. When you look at the people on the planet, mm-hmm. I also got the feeling like, is this in the Mon Cal system? Because there were a lot of Mon Cal Mari and a lot of Corrin. Right. And and a few humans and then the frog people. And it was like, that was the dominating three species mm-hmm. was humans, Mon Cal, and Corrin. And two of those three all come from one system. So it kind of was like, well, maybe this is a planet in that system that would make sense or like one of the outer planets in the system. Yeah, doesn't have I, to be connected. Because some of the stuff I was looking up, what I was seeing was they were saying Moncala, so mm-hmm. that's why, you know, I wasn't sure because I was like, did I miss that on the last episode or, you know? So I, I'm not 100 percent sure that it's Moncala. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just in in some of the stuff I pulled because I was pull, trying to pull up uh, some actors' names and stuff like that. Um, I would think Moncala couldn't be it because I mean, even at this point, there should be shipyards outside Moncala, like. I mean, even if they're not big, there was a small shipyard at that point. But it's definitely one of those things where I wish they would put in those little planet titles and stuff to give you an idea of where you're at right. in the galaxy. Like, right. I love that about Rogue One. Like, I wish mm-hmm. they would do it the way they did it in Rogue One. I would be like, yes, thank you. Right, right. Um, but I, I love how, you know, he's he's doing the, the re-entry and he's like, all right. He's like, we're going to have to do a manual re- re-entry. It's going to be a little choppy. But, you know, he's like, we should have just enough fuel to slow us down right? if we don't burn to a crisp. <laughs> I like how he was, like, talking to ground control, but he, he wasn't actually activating the intercom. So the whole time they're like, do you copy? Razor Crest, you're coming in hot. I do thought they were going to, like, blast him, you know, because. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I like the way that that. Bryce subtly put the humor throughout this episode. Like it was all, even my wife, because I watched the third time I watched it, I brought my wife in so she would be completely unbiased. Right. So I could, I could say, you know, was this episode as good as I felt it was? 
but there was so much fan service that I felt like I brought baggage to the table. So I wanted to have somebody who isn't caught up on any of this. And my wife has not paid attention to star Wars since the clone wars. Uh, you know, the first time it ended, not the second or the third time. So, you know, it's been a while. She doesn't know much about Bo-Katan and stuff. So like there were moments where I was like, okay, there's a reason why I'm excited about this is this, that, and the other thing. But she, she also liked it. And I, I think that that was one of the coolest things was the, the subtle humor. Like when the engine gives out, and then they come in real hot, and that last second they land, and then the engine gives out again, and they flip over into the water. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There was so many great moments, and like the kind of like face palm that the uh, the mon cow gives him at that moment. You're like, oh boy, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and you know, like I really like that too because it's it's like you you um, we're talking about shipyard and stuff like that. You know, the in universe, the the mon cow sort of are the you know they're like the engineering species or whatever you know that they they have um sort of that like technical know-how and so you know he asks him says hey can you fix it he goes fix it nah but i can make it fly like basically just and then he gives him the money and the guy's all i'll fuel it up (laughs) yeah like like he's basically like nah man like this is not uh it's like you're you're driving around junk. Like this is not uh, up to Mon Calamari standards. There were there were a couple things during that interchange that I caught on the third time watching it. One was when the the Razor's Crest gets pulled out of the water. It's brought out by a crane on an ATAT's legs. That's it was Christy noticed that. Yeah, I was like, whoa. And the other thing I noticed was the cockpit shape. Mm-hmm. When it got out of the water compared to how it is at the end, the cockpit was in better shape when he gave it to the Mon Cal <laughs> than when the Mon Cal gave him the ship back. I'm like, the, the, that was the only good part of the ship. And at the end, you're right. like, what the hell did you do? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's it, it seemed like he didn't do much. I mean, it felt like it was pretty much, uh, you know, he might have... Uh, you know, opened up a door and let some of the water out, and that was about it. Right. Now, now seeing the way the direction of the story goes for Din's character, it makes me stop and wonder about the frog dude, right? Because, you know, it was like, oh, you, you'll show me the way to the Mandalorian covert, right? The covert. And right. he points him to basically what looks to be kind of like being Shanghai for Beskar. You know what? Yeah, you're kind of right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, wait a minute like, wait. now. <laughs> you did all this to get Shanghai. <laughs> That's actually a really good point. Yeah, the the place he sent him was not the right. I didn't even think about that. You're right. He was a double agent. Well, and and, and it was. I mean, he was legitimately like, hey, yeah, this is where the Mandalorians have been going. <laughs> Yeah. And even then, they're like, men in Beskar have come this way. Like, I mean, I was like, they were very tongue-in-cheek, being very open and discreet, and yet subtle as all hell. <laughs> right. All right, so real quick. So I'm I'm referring to him because, of course, the, the frog people, they haven't, uh, as far as I am aware, they still have not given them names. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just referring to this one as Frog Daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, Kermit, uh, the, Kermit the Dodd. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, well, look, all I'm saying is Christy and I were making jokes that we're glad that um, the the eggs weren't fertilized like right there <laughs> when she showed up, right? I, that would be awkward. I did have a moment of that, too, when he was, like, looking at it. I'm like, I'm like you know, like, this is the weirdest damn process because now Dad's got to take the eggs in the back room and kind of get busy. I don't want to go there in my right. mind. You're like, like, wait, what? This is – no, I don't need to learn about – how this like alien process works so yeah it's um 
But like talking about that, I wasn't aware until after we'd recorded, uh, you know, last week's episode that a lot of people, and to my knowledge, uh, at least Kevin Smith was one of the big ones that like brought up this. But there was, I guess, a lot of I'm going to call it non-troversy uh, about controversy. Yes. <laughs> Yes! About the egg, yes! like what I in the that. world? Let's coin that right now. Put it on the hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think I came up with that. I think a lot of people call it that on Twitter, when <laughs> when people, you know, make a big deal out of something that's should not be a big deal. But right. I, like, what in the world? What I, I don't even understand. Why Why are people upset that he ate the eggs? I mean, I can I can get why some people are. You know, well, I mean, then explain I, the it one, to me because I comment, don't at all. Right, the one comment that kind of struck, like I was like, okay, I could see her getting upset when, with, you know, if you struggle with fertility and then having to go through an in vitro means, this is going to remind you of that in your struggle. So for for some people, it was a little too close to home, but. Lucasfilm immediately came out with a response to it and it was all in good humor. Like if they weren't trying to like go beyond their like, you know, baby Yoda's this apex predator, which definitely is the big joke that came out about Yoda living on Dagobah. <laughs> <laughs> but the kid's got an insatiable hunger and he's still a kid. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't know any better. And it, it, it not even just a kid, like the an idea infant, that you know. Din's got to teach this kid right from wrong. And how do you explain that these eggs are not okay? And he has a moment. He's like, you know what I'm talking about. We yeah, that was really cute. <laughs> right. So, like, my thing is, because I saw, like, Kevin Smith, and which Kevin, uh, look, well, I'll say this. So, so Kevin Smith said something like, oh, this was uh, genocide. Or something along those lines, but he basically he called it genocide with with uh you know of course the child or baby Yoda eating the eggs and I'm like Kevin Smith, the only genocide is the genocide of your brain cells from the weed that you've been smoking these last few years. Like that's not how that works. You know the the best retcon I've already heard was that the child used the force to go after the eggs that he knew were non viable, and I'm like. Ah! Love it. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, he d- you did see him pull them toward him <laughs> in the tank, right. you know, in that episode. Um, but no, I mean, like that, that's the thing is that's not, it's, it's not genocide because they say in the thing, it's not a matter of like, oh, it's so that our species continue. No, they said specifically right. their line. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's like their family line. It's not, uh, <laughs> I don't. And as far as we know, I mean, she could easily produce eggs in another two cycles. I mean, we don't know that this is her one and only shot. It just definitely was like, if I don't do this now, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Plus, you likely still would end up with more kids than, you know, most humans. Right. So, you know, um, I, I I don't know. It It's like, again, non-troversy. This is it. I was just like, wait, what? Why? We're upset about that. Really? You're not I kidding. I was more upset when we get to the chowder <laughs> moment when the when Din finally feeds the child <laughs> and that damn squid comes. Like when I watched it again, you could watch it drip in. It's like one of the last little bits. There's like this big clump, and you're like, oh, oh my, like because I kept thinking like, why would anybody want to eat any kind of chowder that's got a live actual squid inside of it? Hey man, <laughs> I mean that's the. <laughs> 
I mean, I guess, you know, with a culture or whatever, like I, I could true. see it, you know, I mean, if because like, let's say that is Mon Cala or, you know, it's like in the system or something like that, uh, like very similar to it, um, you know. Hey, right. That's uh, Costco Reeves. She was chewing on one like it was no big deal. Right. And and she sold that. I mean, I could tell that was a a, a CG digital tentacle coming out of her mouth. But the crunch she did in the face she made, I was like, okay, all right. Yeah, that looked like she actually ate something. Yeah. I mean, she probably I would assume she ate something. Right. And they just like CG'd over it. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. Now, if you have the subtitles on, you know, we were talking about that. There were right. some things that you'll notice. And in this scene, when, you know, the chowder's being filled and Din's told the Mon Cal about what's going on, and he goes off to talk to the Quarren, that side conversation, you can barely hear it when the when the subtitles aren't on. But while they're on, you can read the whole thing. And yeah. Like, yeah, it was very clear. Yeah. I was immediately like, oh, man, on second watch, I'm like, dude, Din's totally being set up. How does he not know this? Like, Din's smarter <laughs> than this. It was. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it it was very obvious, um, and like you know exactly how things are gonna go, um, but that's no, fine. Like, it, you and know. they take him so bad too, because they're like, you're gonna pay through the nose. <laughs> like, right? You, you pay them extra money to get where you were going. <laughs> like, yep. Damn. And dude. and and then really all they wanted to do was kill you and take your your best car. Right. I mean, basically the guy, like, let's see, what's the most is platinum worth more than gold i don't know i i i'm gonna pretend it is okay let's let's say that it is right but he basically just made an armor out of just like pure platinum and is walking around with it <laughs> you know right so well and, and when you see later you know and, and we've already seen it before but the way that it it's impervious to blaster bolts right i think that that alone is the number one reason why you need this armor the other question is, is how is a lightsaber going to work on it? I mean, is it going to be the way it was in Legends where Beskar is impervious to a lightsaber too? Because if that's still the case, then again, all the more reason why it would be such a coveted metal and it would make sense. But I I think we're going to find that, that out. I think we're going to yeah, find I that out. I think I, 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 really I think, think the dark saber is going <laughs> to is going <laughs> to inform us of that. You know, so right. here's what I want of that since you brought that up. This man, see okay. this is why this is why this was a perfect episode to have you on, man, because you, you bring up these things and I'm just like, oh, you're right. Let's talk about this. Let's let's hit this. Right. right? Um, you know, the the thing is, he, um, I think that it basically just being able to impervious, making it deflect it is too much. Right. But it needs to be stronger. So I think it would be awesome if, you know, it was like one of those things where. Uh, like let's say like that dark saber comes down and he kind of throws up the gauntlet and it's not he doesn't slice right through it but it's just kind of slowly sawing through it and you're just like ooh like this is bad he needs to hurry up move or whatever you know um, <laughs> right so like it, it's gonna leave the mark on there but it's not gonna just chop right through it real quick so that's what I want I think that would be the cool way to go and let's be honest that armor is way too clean right now he he needs to dirty it up mm. anyway. I was honestly kind of wondering if we were going to see some residuals from two episodes ago from the Krayat Dragon's Acid, you know, but even apparently that doesn't hold a candle to Beskar. Well, um, I mean, so did any of it? Oh, yeah, I guess. it. Yeah, he went inside of it, right? Yeah, Yeah, he was dripping with it at the end of the episode. I was kind of like, like maybe we'd see little drip marks or or how, you know, how uh, you temper steel a certain way and you get that really cool pattern. Well, so what I'm wondering is. And look, I, I don't know about uh, animal biology, 
um, but that that'd be a good one. Actually, somebody I could probably talk to about that because they're actually a huge Star Wars fan. Um, but it's possible that they have sort of you know how like um, snakes have like the venom uh, sacks or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that the the crate dragon could have that because um, it it's actually so because I, I looked it up because I was like that's not the crate dragon I know. It was right. a greater crate dragon, right? Um, or at least you know it, it seemed very much more based off of the greater uh, crate dragon from Legends. Um, in in what I was reading, they called they didn't call it acid; they called it poison. So mm. keeping with that, um, if it is poison, it could be possible it's kept sort of like in a different sack. So what he had on him might be like the stomach acid, but not necessarily right. that poison. Or like the way the dragons from Game of Thrones work, where the, the chemical has to hit the air before it becomes, you know, more biodegradable disintegration. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, with that, I'm not sure, but because the thing is, I mean, uh, like Boba's armor, right? Like we saw some of that those acid uh, pock marks on it, mm-hmm. you know, from Sarlacc. being inside the Sarlacc pit. So I don't know, man. These are the things that you know. If if only there was someone to ask who didn't have their Twitter account locked, right? But then right. again, stuff like today happens, and then you remember why. Uh, That's true. <laughs> I, I still miss those Transformer <laughs> the drawings, that he would draw. right? Oh my right. God, the talent that man has outside of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the other up. thing I noticed too when we were watching uh, the scene when they're on the boat was. The boat was very reminiscent to the Hammerhead uh, spaceships. Like I kept looking at it, like, was it at any point a spaceship, or was it one hundred percent just a metal boat vessel? I mean, that was the hard thing for me to kind of. Right. I couldn't really put my finger on one side of that line or not. Like, it, it looked like it would be a spaceship, except for the fact that the bridge and everything that they were walking on above the water kind of looked like it was designed for sea craft. Yeah, I I think that it didn't to me. Which then again, we saw that uh, like the ATAT legs. But I mean, I would think they are a bit. You know, I think they're a bit snooty about their spaceships over. In, well, I was thinking about you know uh, Cattle Bite because we saw during that casino scene some of the ships take off from the waterfall, mm-hmm. and so you know I was like, well, maybe you know that might be the case. I'm I'm waiting for some of those details to drop down the road. Like they'll give you some little behind the scenes kind of thing and, and this ship over here is a this or that I'm like oh how cool <laughs> right um now did you get the uh did you get the fa- alien face hugger vibes from the chowder you're talking about that earlier like where it jumped uh, on it. you know almost except for i could tell it was supposed to be a squ- i mean at first that was immediately what i thought i was like oh my god one of the spiders made its way and then i was like <laughs> right oh, oh yeah no that wouldn't work but uh you know I, I want what I wanted to know was was it a different type of a squid than the one we saw at the very end? Because the one oh, that we saw the, at the right. very end reminded me of Woofy Ra. <laughs> so <laughs> okay, well, so yeah, so let's let's look at this because we kind of saw more than just uh, two, right? Because what about right. the one that the, the Mama Corp? The yeah. one, oh God, that was scary. That was that was like whoa, because I mean it just come up out of nowhere but i mean like i saw it happening i i will say i was a bit surprised that that they knocked the child in i thought he was gonna uh knock den in but it made sense to knock the child in because yeah you know the den's a mandalorian he's probably gonna catch you whatever you know child doesn't know so yeah so like that 
I felt like, like I said, it was kind of obvious, but I, I love immediately. He's like, nope. Let me hit that. Right. <laughs> Let me hit that door. <laughs> I am that not dealing was with this. The first holy f bomb moment. <laughs> I I did not see him turning and knocking the child in as fast as he did, and that mama core coming up and grabbing him. And mm-hmm. sw- I mean, that happened so fast the first time that I I screamed out loud. I was like, what? The? And, and yeah, Din was <laughs> in the water so fast. And at first, I was like thinking. You know, he's going to be fine. He's got the sealed suit and everything. But then we learn there is a vital difference from his armor and the other Mandalorians that we see later in this episode. He doesn't have an environmental hookup. He's drowning in the water. Whereas the other Mandalorians, when they take their helmets off, you hear that. Like with Vader takes his helmet off and other people that have that. So, I mean, it was like you could tell there was different upgrades in the armor compared to Din's because Din was drowning immediately. Like he went under the water and kind of came straight back up. But another thing I noticed, too, was that the fabric in the Star Wars universe, and this goes back to even Qui-Gon Jinn and stuff and, and Obi-Wan in Episode One, the fabric in Star Wars doesn't get wet and stay wet like it does in other <laughs> right. universes. And I'm okay with <laughs> that. Some like, nice people stuff, call right? that a continuity error, but I'm like, no, that is that is some that is Star Wars fabric. That is, right. it is designed to repel water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought that up, man. Uh, again, that's why I'm um, it's awesome having you on here because... I actually kind of had an issue because, like, what, really? Like, now all of a sudden, Din's, like, he's taking on a a crate dragon, you know, like, flying into its mouth and stuff like that, but yet now he can't, uh, he can't fight this giant squid. He has to have uh, someone else go do it for him or whatever, but then you brought that up, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that kind of makes sense. (laughs) Right. I mean, as soon as he jumped in, his mask doesn't have that seal, so he immediately got a mouthful of water. Plus, right. that the weight of all the armor too. Like, I when we see you know that moment where he's underneath there and they're stabbing at him and stuff, and they're like, you know, we want your best car, we're, brother. We're gonna get it. You're like, oh man, he is so screwed. And he's like gasping for air. You're like, holy shit! And the whole time I'm thinking. The baby, the child is in the mouth of that. Like, go back down. Like, I was freaking out when that <laughs> moment happened. And then we get the shot out of nowhere. You know, the classic, like, the zombies are surrounding you. And, hey, here's another group of people just to save the day. And I was so excited when I saw him. I was like, is that? Yeah. And then and then she says, you know, take my hand or something like that, which on the second time I watched it, it immediately reminded me of when he was a foundling, you know, right, and, and it's right. happening all over again, but the subtitles cued it in and I do tears of joy, man. Tears yeah, of it was pure so adulterated. Yeah. And I mean, th- those, those action scenes were on point. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, the it... whole, the whole episodes action scenes were, you know, hands down some of the best star Wars moments. And that's, that was why I was like, I, I begged my wife. I'm like, you got to come back. And like, I am, Everything about this builds off of so much stuff for me that I got to know if this is just a good episode on its own. Like if, if you were to sit down and never seen any of this other stuff outside of knowing a little bit about Star Wars, would this be good? And and she did say, yeah, she enjoyed it. I mean, she wasn't like I was. I was like, this is the best Star Wars ever. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce needs to be put on everything from here on out. She's the new Filoni. Move on. Favreau, take notes. Move Filoni over. Put Bryce at the front of the table. Like I was I was down, man. Yeah. No, it, it was great because honestly, I, I think her episode last season was probably my least favorite episode um but this one really delivered and and not that i didn't like it i I did like that episode but just to me you know with with all the uh the other episodes it's like yeah i mean you know it was it was solid but 
this one, I mean, she really showed. Um, I mean, because like that one had some action in it too. But man, this one, you know, I mean, it had everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, when when we get, you know, Bo Katan to take off her helmet, mm-hmm. and we see it's Katie Stackoff. Did that again? I mean, you know, I knew back when she had made her tweet a year and a half ago. I was like, Dude, oh, this right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was and yeah. that vindication. And that fan service. And mm-hmm. then to see her later playing the role that she voiced and she brought to life and seeing her get to wear that armor. I mean, just that is such a rare moment for any Star Wars cast. I, I mean, I can't think of anyone who's had that opportunity yet. And I just think that that is just so cool that they were able to pull that off in the way that they did. And they gave her so many plot dumps. Mm-hmm. Like, when, I mean, she explains why. When Din sees them take their helmets off, why he's freaking out? She's like, "Yo, you're you're part of the watch." And I was like, "Death Watch? Like what? No, children of the watch." Like, wait, what? What's that mean? And right. they're a religious sect that broke off. I'm like, "Oh, it's a lot like Kalskarana's group." Oh, like yeah. Just and then the way she would use this is the way against him because she oh, could tell yeah, that he was yeah, a yeah. died in the wool, you know, complete convert of that religion in a sense. Right. And oh man, the manipulation there and the way that that was working and the way they talked about Mandalore and and you know the way she was hinting about the dark secrets. Just so many things as this just went along that were dropping cookie crumbs and stuff. And my wife's like, well, and what's so special about her? You know, as the episode gets over, and I'm like, well, you know, she's looking for the dark saber, which we found out, you know, last, you know, the last episode of season one that Gideon has. And we're like, wait a minute. No. How does he have it? Bo-Katan had it last. What? And they gave us so much stuff. I was like, because yeah, that's the thing I, is I like, tears, yeah, last bro. we knew she had it and she had Mandalore. Uh-huh. And she lost both. And so <laughs> I'm like, all right. So when are we get in that movie, <laughs> you know, like right? when are we? Please give us some flashbacks in one of these episodes. Right, oh my right. Because she talked about the purge. She's like, I'm, I'm, you know, Bo-Katan of Clan Kriegs, and I'm third generation, and we've survived the purge. And I'm just like, yeah, just keep, just give me some more. Give me some <laughs> more plot dumping, baby. Oh, man, just gold. Just yeah. pure gold. And she looked, <laughs> she looked fantastic as, mm-hmm. uh, as her character, you know, like, because uh, I, I think she's actually, I think Katie Sackhoff, because I, I tried to do the math on it i think she's actually a little bit younger yeah than what uh bo katan would be right um, and i was trying to do that math in my head too because i'm like okay well she was because I, I feel like she couldn't have been much older than in like mid-20s when we saw her in the clone wars i mean she was the little sister so you know she's got that going for her you could kind of play off a lot of that but kenobi was pretty old so she kind of knew about kenobi i definitely got a distinct vibe that she was older than anakin mm-hmm. and anakin if he was still alive at this point would be pretty much in his what 50s yeah so that that was what i, th- I want to say i came up with was she'd probably be like maybe in her early 50s something like that right um but i mean I don't know. It's I don't Star know that Wars. she necessarily was slowly. older than Anakin. She might have been younger than Anakin, but probably right. not by a lot. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, look, everything ages differently. I mean, if you're Obi Wan, you know, you get under those Tatooine suns and you start to age very poorly, <laughs> right? Or or Brew and uh, Owen, right? I, I liked what you got the subtitles on. You find out that her companions are Casoka uh, uh, Reeves uh, was yeah. the girl, and then there was Axe Wolves. Yep. So yeah, Axe Wolves and uh, Koska, I guess Reeves. Which I said, okay, look, 
Um, I, I've been I've been really bragging a whole bunch here lately about how I'm never wrong. <laughs> well, it turns out this one time, just this once, I ended up being wrong. <laughs> First time for everything. Right, right. I know it's <laughs> it's a really weird feeling. I I don't think I'm gonna you know stick with it too much, but um, I had heard. Uh, early on that Sasha was going to be in uh, her real name is uh, Mercedes uh, oh gosh I can't remember her last name but she's Sasha Banks you know like uh, as a wrestling fan I know her Sasha Banks Uh, but I had you know kind of heard like way early on she was going to be in it and that she would be playing Sabine Wren so I was like oh okay yeah you know and then turn around and we see her and I'm like well that confirms it I'm like she's in it she's going to be Sabine Wren well that ended up not being the case, so, uh, um, which I think is honestly, I, like I told uh, I told my wife, I'm like, I'm actually fine with being wrong on this because I know a lot of people were upset they didn't want her to be Sabine. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, instead of having a whole bunch of people being mad, like I'm fine with it. I'll just what well, raises I'll a question as to where the end of rebels takes place because I, I've been curious about that. That's one ponder that we still haven't quite buried for me because i'm like you know if we end up getting ahsoka has ahsoka already gone on her mission with sabine and is already back or is this before she comes to get sabine well so again but who knows because like i said there there seemed to be some uh there seemed to have been some sort of uh um I guess a uh, mix-up or whatever, but it's still quite possible that we see a Sabine Wren. Mm-hmm. Um, it just was not uh, Sasha Banks playing her, but um, it is possible we may we may see her. So I I, I don't know a hundred percent at this point. I'm I'm not gonna say. Like I said, I've already I've already struck out on on this one. So I'll uh, right. Know, see, I'll... and that's that's the question I anticipate that if we end up getting either Sabine or Ahsoka, and it leans pretty hard on one of those two immediately after this episode. But I think that we'll get an answer to where the Rebels end scene takes place at that moment. Like, it'll become clear. Just like so much of what was going on with Din's group and the taking the helmet off and how that became clear as as Bo-Katan drops all that knowledge on us. You know, we find out that they're resurrecting the old ways, and but that isn't how all Mandalorians were or how they should be. But Din so died in the wool that he can't accept them at first and takes off. And I thought it was cool that they came back to help him out when he gets jumped. And they're like, hey, can we buy you a drink? And that's when we get the second dump of information. We get the information about Mandalore, why she lost Mandalore, how she lost Mandalore, uh, what the Empire did with Mandalore, how they kept it kind of on the outskirts and, and everyone fighting over the remnants. Like Din's like, you know, you don't go there, it's cursed. The Empire made sure of that. And she's planning on taking it back over and putting a new Mandalore in charge. Like she doesn't even at that moment say she's planning on doing it, but I do kind of get that feeling as the episode progressed that that's clearly, yeah, she's going to be doing that because when she kind of pins the captain of the Imperial ship down and gets information about the dark saber, it's like, okay, clearly she's going for that to bring everything full circle around again to having the people and, and having that support by through the dark saber. So, I mean, that's exciting just to know that that vendetta is there because, dude, man, she was vicious when she was like, yeah. I want the information. The guy's like, if you're asking, you already know. I'm like, oh. Yeah, she was She was a lot uh, she was a lot darker than, 
you know, I, I recall her being before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when she had mentioned Jedi, I was immediately like, okay, it's gotta be Ahsoka. Right. I mean, cause I was like, oh, did she know that, that Ezra was a Jedi and Ezra should still be gone. So it couldn't be Ezra that she's talking. It's clearly gotta be Ahsoka, you know? And then of course, as we get to the very end of the episode, we find that out for sure. But, oh man, when, when they started talking about, it, I got to return this kid to the Jedi. I'm like, dude, we're going so fast right now. Like, yeah. you know, you've heard rumors about people saying that anything on Disney plus is only going to go about three seasons and stuff. And I'm like, would they do that? Like, I could see the show going longer than that, but I don't know. Like, oh, no, this I, is moving I, along really fast. <laughs> uh, I want to say it was Carl Weathers said that they've already got two more seasons planned out like nice. after next season. So like that it may be like five seasons. I want to say that's what he said. Uh, Four or five, I'll say that. Uh, From I know it was Carl Weathers that was talking about it. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how things go. He may just be getting a bit, you know, um, overexcited about it. But speaking of which, so I don't think we're going to see Ahsoka next episode. I I think a lot of people are excited thinking we're going to see Ahsoka next episode. I don't think we will. Uh, Carl Weathers is to direct uh, the next episode. The one after that is directed by Dave Filoni. There you go. Yep. So, Your logic is sound on. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I don't think Dave is not going to direct the episode that brings I uh, I think if you're wrong at all, it's gonna be a, a Last Jedi uh or a, a Force Awakens moment where we get Ahsoka Tano at the very end and then credits. Like <laughs> that'll be that'll be it for Carl. If Carl does Ahsoka, it's gonna be like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's possible. Like I said, we'll we'll see how it goes, but I I, th- I think next episode is most likely to be, you know, what a lot of people call filler episodes. Um, although the I don't fluff and stuff. I don't think they are though. Like I said, it's a lot of this stuff really starts to, you know, all weave together. But well, that's um, you got to look at fluffer differently. All right, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, you're 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 fluffing stuff. You're sticking it in there. You're fluffing the pillows up. You're providing content. That you're gonna get later. The experience is the pillow. You have to fluff it up to get the good quality content to support your noggin. Yeah. It's how the brain works. Well, okay, <laughs> you know, and I'll I'll um I'll bring this one up. Uh, going back to Rebels because I know because we both podcasted with him. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, Nathan Butler hated the fight or flight episode of, yeah. of Rebels. And I told him, I said, no, this was a good episode. And he's like, no, 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 it's not, or whatever. And then he's like, well, sure, later we find out it's important. I'm like, yes, but here's the thing. That episode accomplished two things. No, it, it didn't directly have anything you know, that you immediately saw as story progression, right. uh, even though we do find out later, oh, hey, it was important because of this. But it did have character development. Because that was that episode was the episode that Ezra and Zeb got on the same page. Yeah. So a lot of times people are looking for that, you know, like those big story beats and stuff like that. But you miss those character uh, moments and 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 like where the characters kind of uh, learn to grow with each other and and uh, you know form stronger bonds or you know vice versa whatever depending on on the story that's being told so yeah it's like you can't really call that stuff um i mean you know like i I saw a lot of people talk even saying like the prisoner like oh this is another one and i'm like no it's not because right this isn't like they're 
informing you on his past. Like, they're letting you know he wasn't always, oh, hey, he's the Mandalorian, he has this code, and he's honorable and stuff. It's like, well, no, there was a time when he wasn't quite so honorable. So, the And really... that played into the present when we saw in the last episode, the X-Wings and the New Republic are like, you're wanted for breaking into our... And you're like, oh, oh. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, the, these, these episodes, man, like I said, some, like, uh, people want to write some of them off too early and be like yeah this was kind of what it's like nah man like the stuff's <laughs> pay attention right uh, i i was like that with the paying attention aspect of as what's going i'm like are these gideons imperials like i'm like i'm like where what faction is this you know <laughs> like the empire's fallen who's and then we do find out yes for sure these guys are if not working for gideon or working in gideon's faction i mean we don't know if gideon is like moth Jin or you know if he's just another piece in the cog. Maybe he's taking orders from Ray Sloan or from, you know, somebody else up the line still. Like I mean, Grand just, Admiral like, Thrawn. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's so much we don't know about the structure of the Imperials, but these guys uh-huh. were definitely like Gideon's in the aspect of they were the clean ones. They weren't like the, uh, the one guy that was looking for the child at the beginning. Uh, you know, their Imperial armor was all beat up, crusted oh, the over. Client? Yeah, man, yeah. that was some pretty... I, I mentioned that. I said, man, that is some clean stormtrooper armor. And, yep. you know, they they said, um, at least last season, I don't know if that's the case this season or not, but last season, all of the... When uh, Gideon's people showed up and you had that clean stormtrooper arm, armor, those were 501st members, <laughs> you know. Oh. So I don't know if that was the case here or not, Um but uh, yeah, it was. It was I, I get the vibe that Jakku hasn't happened yet. That we're building up to that event, or or that event's going to happen after this series is over, or we're going to overlap with that happening. If at some point. so, then that will be a retcon because didn't the Battle of Jakku happen one year after? Oh, maybe that is the case then. Yeah. But if that but if that is the case, then that's even more interesting because Gideon wasn't considered the best. Right. Any Imperials that are left in the in the galaxy right now were the ones that were left to die if Jakku has already happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ray Sloan took the best of the best and left the galaxy and they formed the first order. So if this is after Jakku, then yeah, that's he is more like like uh, Warlord Zinn than ever. Then in that case, I kind of like him even more. But man, he is a cutthroat guy. Like the, mm-hmm. the, there was a lot of Nazi Germany vibes that I was getting from these guys. The spy versus spy kind of aspect there. Yeah, the that's a where... great. Yeah, that's a great pull. The spy thing. Yeah, because it's of course when we see the uh, when he's <laughs> he's like you know what to do, and it's like. All right, and he just shoots the two guys in the back and just right. throws the throttle down, you know. To uh, well, well, to bring the listeners in, what, what happens is Din takes a bet or, or a deal, basically, with Bo-Katan to go and help her get the munitions that she needs right. to take back Mandalore. And they go to one of those, what are they, the Gideon, uh, or, or not Gideon, that's Moff Gideon himself, but the... Uh, the ship is oh, from the, the, g- game. the Gazanti fighter. Or yeah, freighter. the Gazanti. Yeah. I, lo- I love seeing that. I mean, you've seen them in the in the background and stuff, but this I think was the first time that it was showcased as a set. Um, so I thought that was really cool, mm-hmm. and the, the way they had it planned, the ship could only get so high in the atmosphere over the docks and stuff. So they were going to fly up in their in their uh, jetpacks and stuff and take them by surprise, and it worked. That was probably some of the coolest adventure 
that I've seen. I mean, it was kind of like watching Solo with the the train heist again, but like on steroids. <laughs> it was like <laughs> right. the version of the train heist Fast and the Furious edition. Well, yeah, because I mean, like the way those guys were coming through that place and tearing everyone up, I was like, holy crap! To watch the purge go down with Mandalorians, this badass would be so cool. Well, yeah, because I mean, the thing with like the the train is as much as I like that. Um, you know, because I, I actually enjoyed Solo. Um, me too, me too. Uh, but, um, you know, with that, you only had, you know, like, uh, gosh, I'm bl- blanking on her name right now. Uh, um, Infus Nest. You know, like, she was the one that's super fast and, and everything, you know. And then the rest of them are just, like, regular people. But here, all the Mandos are the super fast ones. So <laughs> I think that's yeah. why it was, like, amped up. And even though Din wasn't part of their sect, they all worked very well together. It was yeah, like, and I like how they showed that of him being like, oh, okay, we're going to go like this. Cool. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like right? him because t- he's normally kind of like in the lead. And so he's following. He's like, okay, let me see what the plan is. All right, I'm on board, you know, and he just sort right. of falls right into uh, to rank. They go immediately for the cargo bay, of course, which is where the weapons are. And that's where Bo-Katan turns everything when she tells the captain, we're coming to take the ship. And Din's like, that wasn't the agreement. And he's like, you're, you're changing the terms of our deal. She's like, this is the way. I know. I was like, oh, man. Because that was it was like that Empire thing of, uh, you know, that I'm altering the deal. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, so you kind of get like an inverse of that. But then she like just twists that knife with the this is the way. <laughs> like. Dang! <laughs> like you said, yeah. she was she was more ruthless than uh, than I remember her from Rebels and uh, Clone Wars, you know. And she was a bad guy through most of Clone Wars, right? Oh man! <laughs> well, and that's just it. I mean, this show being about the Mandalorian, and now we've got her here trying to take back Mandalore, and is even looking to put a new Mandalore in power, if not herself. Like, I mean, I mean, honestly, like we could find out that Din is the new Mandalorian. The whole Mandalorian is about his rise. I mean, you know, that that's a pipe dream, but that could be where we're going with this. Or it could just be we're watching her take it back and he is going to be a fundamental part of that. The promise there that is the unspoken promise that got me all giddy was just the idea that we might actually get to watch them take back Mandalorian that's, in the show at some point. That's a good you know what? I'm I've been so focused on his current mission. I haven't thought about that, but you might be right, dude. Like that might be um, the direction that they're going, that, that we do go to Mandalore and we do see that fight. Yeah, that I, hey, I am all about that. Like I said, that's like that's cinematic. You know, it's like, what are we, why are we not putting this in the theater? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? right. And we got more great comedy that, that Bryce interjected there when they get to the cargo bay. Oh, and yeah. The captain tells the one guy, close, you know, close them off, get them, get them pinned. And he's like, all right, they start shooting, and as soon as they walk through the door, they make it like maybe three steps past the first door, and the guy's like, "Close the doors, close them all, close them all." Like, yeah, like, yeah, oh, he goes and ducks oh. over. You know, he he's standing strong and he's super cocky, and then he has a few of his guys uh, go down, and that morale drops to zero. <laughs> and I love it. He like they shut the last door, and he's like, "We've got them contained, sir. Where are they at?" He's like, "In the control room." And the, the look Where? on the captain's face. <laughs> And, and I can't, I can't think of that guy's name, but that guy was one of the perfect roles for an imperial. Oh yeah, yeah. So his name like was uh, Titus something. Uh, yeah, I just remember him from Lost. He played like the the devil at one episode or one of those things. Like he was one of those weird guys. You're like, what's going on? And Titus Welliver. Yeah, he was so right. such a great role, and it almost 
was a shame to use him in this role because he could have definitely played a mid-level bad guy that you just wanted to see. Yeah, like uh, like Gideon's right hand man or something. Right. Yeah. Right. No, you're the right. The Hamilton yeah. of Gideon. Well, that's. <laughs> did you ever watch Deadwood? No. Okay, so no. he played a character called Silas on Deadwood, and okay. he was sort of a like a more competent. Um, you know, uh, Al Swearingen had his um, sort of his uh, uh, what do you call it? I guess like a henchman or whatever. And which Swearingen is like the whole thing with Deadwood was like you have Swearingen and then you have uh, Bullock, and Bullock is the sheriff, but okay. And then you have um, Swearingen, and he's sort of the little more outlaw or whatever. But that they sort of find the middle ground, you know, but with each other because they're it's about the the town um they both care about the town um but so his swear engines like main guys that you had mostly seen at that point were relatively incompetent like they were kind of idiots or whatever but then when he brought silas in he was more of like a tracker um he was you know more he wasn't like evil or anything but he was um you know he was more calculating uh than, than kind of like others, the Daryl so. Dixon, the Rick Grimes, only um, <laughs> We'll say yes, but I don't necessarily <laughs> think so. I haven't watched. I haven't. I haven't watched uh, since like I, season I, two. <laughs> I liked how before they get to the bridge, though. Uh-huh. That's that's when we get the recognition that it is Gideon, his people, and and you had mentioned, you know, you know what to do, but I like how you know. He's like, we need backup. And he's like, well, how much of the ship is... He's like, they've taken all but the bridge. He's like, we're past that. He's yeah, like, you know, right. they've already he's taken like, that much of the ship. We're past We're past help. You know what to do. Long live the Empire. And the guy's yeah. like, long live the Empire. I'm like, oh. And then he shoots both the, the pilots. I'm like, oh my God, yeah. this has got Gestapo style all of a sudden on us. And and, they, and, and those pilots had like a ship. look of horror on their face because they I don't think they realized they were about to get shot in the back. They were just like, "Wait, you're not coming to save us?" <laughs> well, especially the one because like they when the Mandalorians first start shooting up the ship when they drop one of the stormtroopers down over the pilot's window. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, talk about some psychological warfare going on at this yeah. point. <laughs> um. So now another thing too, which uh, we've kind of talked about, it, but I just uh, saw in the notes and reminded me was. That uh, I thought, uh, you know, when they they start taking it over, it was like the blockade runner in reverse. You know, like when you see in uh, A New Hope there in the beginning where the stormtroopers show up and just start blasting all the rebel troopers. It was kind of the the opposite this time. You know, like the the way the doors and the hallways looked, they were very similar to the uh, the Tanta V. Right. Right. They really were. Yeah, that was a that was oh man, that whole moment, and then Din goes running down and taking all the shots. Like at first, I was like, "Ooh, are some of those bullets getting past the armor?" Because like the armor is great and all, but I mean, let's be real here: <laughs> the armor is not one hundred percent covering their bodies. Right, right. I mean, right. A, a good neck shot should penetrate the skin. Uh, a good wrist shot should get you know, the, the flesh. I mean, there are chinks in the armor. I mean, even in legends with the Vong wearing their crabs, the Jedi could find certain <laughs> spots Vong. where they could strike. And I think that, you know, Din got lucky as all get out. <laughs> like, I mean, the way he ran, yeah, you could, you could cover some parts of your neck with your head and, and having yeah. your arms covered, but yeah, ooh, and his shoulder man, pads, I, he's good. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out. Um, so yeah, so then once they get him, and you you mentioned earlier when he he says um, 
or she asked, uh, she's like, where's the dark saber? She's like, does he have it? And she's like, if you ask, you already know, you know, uh, um, that was pretty cool. But then when they did something I did not expect, and this was the coolest thing ever was he sort of had like one of those suicide pills, but instead of right. him, like, you know, having Alka-Seltzer coming out the mouth, his whole face just kind of like lights up uh, with like electricity. I was like, okay, that was awesome. That was a really right. cool, just a little small thing that they did that says, hey, remember, this is Star Wars. It's not, you know, your normal. It's like, hail Hydra. Oh. Right. <laughs> right. But I like that, that for him, it was the threat of Gideon. It, it was like, you know, you can't do anything because Gideon is going to get me. And then he like, oh, damn. Yeah. Like that definitely leans me towards Gideon being kind of a warlord. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised at some point that we get an episode that does for the Empire what this episode did for the Mandalorians with Bo-Katan just dropping information in the in the viewers' laps. Right. Like there's a lot of questions I still have about what's going on with Gideon, the Empire, and then the other fragments of this stuff. Which, you know, I mean that that was one of the things that I did enjoy a lot about the Imperial Remnant of Legends was mm -hmm. the way it fractured and the way those fractures kind of all did their own thing and they were all just these little empires that, that the, you know, the New Republic had to take down one at a time. Right. I like the idea that, you know, that might have worked out still, even though Palpatine took the First Order group and had them go off and, and meet up with his clone Snoke later somewhere down the road, but... I don't know. Like I, I, there's a lot there that I hope we get down the road. And this episode definitely made me feel like, you know, we probably will be getting a lot of that in the next few episodes. Yeah. Well, I think the main thing is to not hang too much on the way aftermath kind of mapped things out. Um, right. Cause even like with, um, you know, getting Cobb Vanth in there. When they showed Cobb Vanth getting the armor, that was different than the way it was done in Aftermath. Right. So, right. Um, I mean, I, as I'm, you and I know, even though they'll say it's all canon, there are still canon layers. These things don't yeah. line up. <laughs> and and let's be honest, if we're talking about the Aftermath trilogy, I am totally fine with them. You know, right. remapping it. <laughs> I, you know, and honestly, in that regard, I mean, since you brought Vanth up, I mean. At first, I was like, "Here, here's our first EU, in a sense, character mm -hmm. that's made his bridge over to live action. And then, you know, I was like, well, kind of like if Bo-Katan's almost like that, like if she, from a cartoon, just the fact that a cartoon character's in the flesh now. I'm like, come on, Rex. Give me Rex. I need Rex. We've got the actor already playing Boba Fett. Give me Rex. I need Rex now. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, uh, and, it's... And, and I get so excited with the amount of fan service, and I, right. I do that with the air quotes, that I, to me, this... The Star Wars is at its best when they're doing it like this. They're paying attention. They're not, they're not doing it every single time, and they know when to do it. They're not being too heavy-handed with it. Although, you know, these episodes definitely feel a little more heavy-handed. But I don't feel like you're getting that every single episode. And I think that that's where the payoff is. Is when we do get these episodes, they are done well. Yeah. Well, you're so hungry for them, you know. <laughs> right. That you're like, yeah, yeah. Keep giving me. Keep giving me. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I mean that that's the thing is there's there's so much to cover, you know? Like uh with with all the stuff we've got going forward, there's so much to cover. So I I'm I'm super excited for for where they take this and and where they can go with all of the um you know, the Star Wars television properties, you know? I'm I'm like what are we is is Kenobi filming yet? What are they doing here? Come on, let's go. Let's go. We've got more stuff to up. start cranking out, you know? Because, uh, I mean, it's like, 
I feel like with this that yeah, there, it really does show you all of the other aspects that that could be covered and could be in their own shows that you just like I need it. <laughs> I need it right now. <laughs> you know, one missed opportunity was when the uh, captain was aiming the freighter down and uh-huh. they were about to crash. They should have had the, the trash control, but Imperial ship, you're coming in hot. Like, <laughs> should have had that moment all over again where Din's like, not you again. Cause Din's fighting the controls. And I love that exterior shot from the planet's watery surface. And you watch that ship coming down and he's just like slowly pulling it up. And at the very last second, it's leveling off and Oh my God, they're almost going to take out the lighthouse. And they just skirt the lighthouse and they skirt the water by about 10 feet, like for 40 yards. Like, damn dude, talk about coming in hot. And, they're immediately going back to war, basically. I mean, like that's kind of the impression that Bo-Katan gives you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, Din's going to be bailing because he left a kid behind, which I, when that happened, I was just like, oh, my God, this is these parents are going to be pissed. They're going to find him eating kids. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, like, I'm thinking, like, you got to get back to the kid. And that's yeah. when she gives us the dump about Ahsoka Tano. And that was probably the second time I teared up. I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Beep. Yeah, I was flipping out when she's like, you know, you got to go to this planet. There, you're gonna find Ahsoka Tano. Tell her that Bo Katan sent. I'm like, <gasps> they said her name. Like, <laughs> like, it's a, yeah, you can't just him and Han beat around the bush, folks. She's a coming. <laughs> yeah, and I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, it was the first time I thought maybe I might get a new Jedi Order after all, and maybe it won't be Ray that's the one that gives it to me. Maybe it's Ahsoka. I mean, we know that that Filoni said that the voice of Ahsoka that we hear in The Rise of Skywalker didn't necessarily mean she was dead. He hinted that she was still alive. And if she was alive, well, what was she doing? And why wasn't she helping Luke and everyone else? And we might get the answers to that eventually, too. I'm just so excited. I don't even care if we get there now or later. I think we're going there. And I'm excited about that. I just can't wait to see her get her hands on the child and what might happen. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, it's. But uh... that—that's a side question, though. If if they split the child up from Din, does the child then does he just drop out of the show, or do we pick up a second story thread where we're following what's happening with the child and say Ahsoka, while Din's going off and doing other Mandalorian things? I, or honestly, I say there's no way they do that. There's no way they split them up at this point. Even if that was the plan. Um, back in season one, they have to uh have changed that now. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't break them up. Like at this point, he look. Here's the thing. Uh, cause and and I, I want to do an episode uh talking about this stuff uh once the the season's finished. But you know, a lot of people are talking about. They're like, oh, there's Baby Yoda merchandise everywhere, right? And yes. But also, it's selling like crazy. I yep. mean, we've had stuff like, for instance, the Porgs. You know, um, with the Porgs, that was everywhere. And, uh, like, some people were buying it, but it was not moving anywhere like the Baby Yoda stuff is. The Baby right. Yoda stuff, there's way more of it, and there's way more people buying it. Well, and they still haven't named him. I mean, at some point, he's got to get a name. I mean, <laughs> 
for heaven's sake, he's 50 years old, a 50 year old baby. <laughs> Somebody's got to give this kid a name. Like, come on now. And I'm surprised Din hasn't started calling him something. Like, I mean, he, I mean, the foundling. I mean, he does call him the foundling from time, but like, give him a capital F. Make it, make it what you're calling him. Give him something other than the child. Like, I don't know. Oh, I, yeah, I, I almost never call him the child. Uh, I, I switch between Baby Yoda and the child, just depending on what, uh, what seems to feel right at the time. You know, I don't, I, I don't worry about calling him. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, the child. I, that's the worst name ever. It really right. is. It's not. It's not great. Okay. Well, it's actually not as bad as um, what I've seen from some people. Some people have referred to him as Kevin. I'm like, nope, <laughs> no, no. That's that's just dumb. And earlier, you actually talked about you know since we kind of hitting some of the merchandise stuff a little bit, you you talked about the um, the Moff Gideon uh, figure. You said you thought it was Black Series. It looks like yeah, they have actually shown that there's a uh, Black Series coming of Moff Gideon. Quill? I have to get him just so I can give Sabine Wren the Darksaber. <laughs> <laughs> and there better be some Night Owls coming. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then we also, of course, have uh, uh, Grief Karga coming as well. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the merchant merchandise has been nonstop, man. They, Hasbro uh, especially has been killing my wallet recently i mean just straight killing my wallet how um, many episodes are there this season do we know i Has believe it's eight confirmed? again okay so because i was thinking you know you were talking about feloni's episode being where ahsoka comes in and i was trying to think like how would that work out because we still have the boba fett equation right if boba fett steps in next episode and captures the child Mm-hmm. To bring in a bounty or or whatever, or maybe he's got some other reasons. The child for my armor or whatever, that would give us an episode that would explain why we didn't get just straight to Ahsoka Tana right away, and it would answer that equation of why introduce Boba Fett, why give Din his armor, where are we going with that? Because you've got that mystery, you've got everything going on with Bo Katan and Mandalore happening. You have the does the child go with the Jedi and Ahsoka Tano? Or does he stay with Din? And where is Ahsoka with Sabine and the search for Ezra? Like, all these things are tied up together. And I feel like eventually as the story progresses, Dave Fav- or Favreau, Dave Filoni, and the other directors are paying attention to all these kind of things. And I think that they've got a, a plan in store. I, I just I feel like there were so many things that came full circle in this episode that I had been wanting to know about. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we finally got there and it just it makes me think that there's a lot more coming and we're already three episodes in. So if we get to four and then five and if five's where Ahsoka Tano comes in, that only leaves us three more episodes. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that's, it's a good pace, man. I think we're in a good pace for some really good, exciting action and storytelling. Yeah. yeah. And but I still think we're going to be like, ah, we need more when it's all right. You know, when the season's done, because uh, I mean, like you talked about with them bringing Tamora Morrison in. Um, y- you know, there, there's so many more possibilities with stuff. I mean, it's like, yeah, like we, we know, um, like Rex is still out there, but what about the Bad Batch? You know? Right. Like, right. uh, I- I'm actually seeing, I guess they, they showed that they uh, also did Black Series of, we've got Asajj Ventress and, uh, looks like, uh, two from the Bad Batch. I can't quite tell. I can't remember their names exactly. The sniper. Oh, it's cross, uh, crosshair or corsair, crosshair, right? Yeah, crosshair and hunter. Okay, that's hunter. Okay, 
I didn't notice yeah. him about the Rambo because he's got the helmet yeah. on, you know, so didn't see the, the and bandana. That's a, and that's a uh, phase one uh, prototype helmet, too, that he's wearing, but if you didn't know. It's like, oh, okay. that's cool. Cool, cool. So, yeah, man, there's so many possibilities with stuff. They could, they could This show could go on forever, <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, oh, it's so good. So good. Yeah. And, and then we get back to, you know, he gets the child. Uh, he says goodbye to the frogs, and they go back to the ship. And this, that's where I was like, we get to the end. I was laughing the first time because the ship's like, it's it's more together than what the guy suggested he would do. But then you get into the cockpit, and then on the third watch, I'm just like, dude, what did you do? Like, I mean, it is held together with string. But again, on my second watch and the third watch, I'm like, that cockpit was in great condition. What yeah. did, Even the <laughs> seats were wrapped up with webbing and netting and stuff. I'm like, did he pull parts out? Like, is that what he did? Did he, did he hawk shop the cockpit? <laughs> so that then he felt bad and then he put the and fixed the ship because at one point he was like, I'm just gonna put gas in it. And then they came back later. And like at one point when they were doing the planning with with Bo Katan and them, they were on the Razor's Crest. And at that point the ship hadn't been worked on at all. So I'm like, dude, he had to have hawked that 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 cab. <laughs> like <laughs> because what else would have motivated him all of a sudden? Except for the fact that you just, dude, you totally took advantage of of Din. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, man, uh, like I said, this is uh, this has been a killer episode. I really appreciate you coming on, because, uh, like I said, I, I'm saying I'm like, oh man, there's so much juice here, like so much to to dig into. Yeah, you know, one thing, Tamar Morrison probably will not play as Commander Wolf, and I say that because I was thinking about this. Like, Filoni's character's name is Wolf. We now have Axe Wolf. Like that would <laughs> right. too many. <laughs> I, I i think he'll just keep running with it <laughs> like i said there's there's always possibilities out there right so we, we'll see for sure but all uh, i know for sure though is is bryce dallas howard has just became one of my favorite directors with this episode um i i would love to see her do more i mean i i know you were talking about with her first one in the in the first season like i enjoyed it it wasn't one of my favorite ones of right. the seasons but this one definitely it's hands down probably some of my favorite Star Wars storytelling. Um, this is up there with Landing at Point Rain, Darkness on Umbara, uh, mm-hmm. the Siege of Mandalore. Just right up there with some of the best that I've ever watched. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm right there with you, dude. And I, I think that, um, uh, you know, that's it's quite possible we've you know it's just getting started like we're really going to start seeing some of those like my favorite uh episodes from last season were the uh deborah chow episodes so oh yeah yeah let's let's see what uh we got going this this season you know but uh won't you tell everybody where they can find you well, you know me. You can find me over at the Second Airborne Division of Podcasts at www.starwarsreport.com. Uh, Beyond the Films, which I was editing an episode before we uh, recorded this one, so I'll get back to doing that. We're dropping a New Jedi Order, the first Vector Prime. Uh, we're going to be doing some of that as we go down the road. We've been doing Lost Tribe or uh, the Tales of the Jedi series in Legends. We're bouncing back into some canon stuff, going all over the place. Uh, we had Nathan back on for the episode I'm editing. Had a really special surprise for Nathan, um, so that was really cool. Uh, you know, we came together a bunch of us. Uh, found out that for sure Nathan was the longest Star Wars podcaster. Uh, 19 years actually passed on direct. They went on a hiatus for like two or three years. Um, so we made a plaque. We had a plaque made for him and we presented it to him in the show. Uh, so when that goes to 
go live either tomorrow or Sunday. I'm trying to get it up before Monday. But yeah, we at the very end of the episode, we surprise him with it. It is a plaque that has a bunch of really cool stuff on there. He talks about it while we're giving it to him. But the really cool part, Nathan, his favorite character is Cade Skywalker from the Legacy of the Force uh, series in Legends. He named his son Cade. Well, Cade has a lightsaber that he inherited from his father, Cole. Uh, so we had that replicated and it's a, you know, a legacy to Cade from his father, Cole. So we're kind of like, you know, Nathan's like the Cole Skywalker of the group. Uh, so we gave him that. It's, it's just really cool, really cool to see it come together just from the outside, the fandom aspect of, you know, friends loving what he did so much that we wanted to honor everything he has provided to our fandom and our community. You know, the good side of things, you, you see so little of that anymore. Um, so it was really cool to be a part of that. Andrew Gilbertson got everything kind of rolling, got a hold of me, and then we got a hold of a bunch of other people. And, you know, he set up the GoFundMe kind of thing. I don't even know if it was an actual GoFundMe or whatever we did. Everybody was able to go to that link, drop some money and stuff. And we were able to come together, like the back panel for the thing lights up with a bunch of colors. It looks like one of the Death Star panels oh, and wow. stuff. It's, it is legit, man. Like, that is awesome. You know, I, I don't think anyone has ever retired from podcasting and had anything like that, you know, done for them. <laughs> And to be a part of that was really cool and really special. And to be able to be, you know, because we were working on this since April or even March. And, you know, like getting everything, getting it handmade and, and the details right and everything. And then the plaque and all this. And then Andrew getting it and then shipping it to Nathan, which is notoriously horrible uh, <laughs> for him getting any kind of package from anybody, it seems like. Uh, so we went and bypassed him and went straight to his wife, Jody, and I was contacting her and, and so, you know, like we're trying to set up the recording and everything. I was great. He's like, I got to set up things with Jody. I got to, I can't get in trouble. And I'm like sitting there in my back of my head going, dude, you're good, man. I've already got you set, but I had to bite my tongue. Like it was, it was a lot of fun. So yeah, you can see that on beyond the films. I'm also on star Wars awesome. report, you know, our flagship podcast. Uh, and, and of course everything out there, illogical rogue two on the internet. That's me as well. Awesome, man. Uh, yeah, like I said, love Nathan. I'm trying to talk to him, trying to get him on here soon because uh, I haven't, you know, of course, we we did uh, Cloud City Casino together, um, but that's that's been a while since I've got to really talk to him, too. So cause both right. of us, it's like, man, it's like I've been so busy lately, you know, and like with that stuff, I think I was like maybe tagged in some of the uh, stuff going on with that, but like I never even got to see it until it was pretty much all done and everything i was like oh wait what's going on here oh well. <laughs> you know right there was and that was i think part of the hardest thing was keeping nathan out of the loop and then reaching right. out to everybody especially considering a lot of the people i only knew through nathan <laughs> so right i'm like, I'm like right. um does, do you know so and so yes okay can you reach out to them uh what about on twitter like it was kind of hard to get some of the people because you know there were some people that they we, that we wanted to get from some of the first projects nathan worked with you know, it's, we wanted to have that span of his, basically his career kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so like Danny Pepin was there, Sebastian, um, from on direct was there. Uh, you know, they, there was a card that came with it with a bunch of people writing down things and stuff. It was a lot of fun. Really cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Well, uh, like I said, if you want to, uh, reach out to us here at, uh, MandoCast, just send us an email to themandocast at gmail.com or of course you can find us on Twitter uh, and we're just at themandocast over there uh, I can be found at Morris Isley on Twitter uh, till then thank you for listening and remember to subscribe leave us a review and that's been our show this is the way this is the way